You are listening to Watchman Internet Radio, The Daily Word, for December 25th, Christmas Day, 2018. Hello, everyone. I'm changing things up a bit uh, for logistical reasons. Uh, I have a uh, very slow internet connection, and uh, it's really problematic to download big files and especially upload. I use satellite internet because I'm out in the country and I don't have cable. I don't even have a telephone line, but... um, Satellite internet is the slowest, and it seems to be particularly slow in the winter because most of the days are cloudy, and anyway, so I'm no longer doing the radio as uh, a YouTube presentation, and there's another factor as far as, um, well, I don't want to go into that, but that's why I'm I'm uploading an audio file. The file is... uh, much smaller than a video file, and so that uh, minimizes the uh, upload issue. So anyway, but the format is pretty much the same. I'm going to consider the daily text and some things going on in the world and play a little music. Well, the daily text for December 25th. It's taken from John 8.28, where Jesus said to the Jews, I do nothing of my own initiative, but just as the Father taught me, I speak these things. The Watchtower's comment says, We win people's hearts, not by boasting or drawing undue attention to ourselves, but by displaying a quiet and mild spirit. Vain sentiments in our hearts will eventually show up in our actions. We might drop hints, for example, implying that we enjoy special privileges, possess inside information, or have special relationships with responsible brothers. Or we might explain things in such a way that Only we get the credit for ideas or accomplishments that others also contributed to. Jesus set a wonderful example. A good portion of what he said was either a quotation from or an allusion to the Hebrew Scriptures. He modestly spoke that way so that his hearers would know that what he was saying was coming from Jehovah, and was not the product of his own intellect or wisdom. Well, this uh, is an interesting comment that I take rather personally. As you know, the Watchtower claims to have sole authority to 
understand and explain the scriptures. And anyone who may contradict that or offer any sort of correction to their, particularly their interpretations, is considered presumptuous and vain and apostate even. It is simply considered unthinkable that anyone could know anything of importance that didn't come first through the watchtower. Well, I obviously disagree with that. Although I can claim, not to speak of my own initiative, based upon what the Watchtower's comment here concerning Christ did, that he spoke using the Hebrew Scriptures as his authority, which is what I do. For example, the book... Jehovah himself has become king, basically went through a good number of Hebrew prophetic books. The names of some of the chapters are Micah, Amos and Obadiah, Zephaniah, Daniel, Jeremiah. And on my eWatchman website, I have commentary on the book of Isaiah. And also I've written and done videos on uh, the book of Revelation. And my, my position is that no one has really taught me these things. I don't claim any special relationship with responsible brothers. Uh, I have to accredit Jehovah for having taught me. I've spoke about my experience elsewhere, uh, 20 years ago, a little more than 20 years ago, I just suddenly became possessed, I would use the word, and just started reading the Bible right in the middle of Ezekiel, and I was captivated by it, even though as an elder and pioneer, I did my weekly Bible reading and stayed up with the watchtower. One day, for no particular reason, it was as if Jehovah just set me down in a chair, opened the Bible and said, there you go, start reading this and don't stop until I tell you to. And it went on for days and weeks. I, I read six, eight hours every day. Ezekiel and Isaiah and Daniel and all the Hebrew prophets. And I read them over and over, particularly the smaller ones like Joel. I, even though I felt I understood it, first time through to re-examine it and test what I was understanding, I, I suppose I read the book of Joel 30 times, and I continue to. Uh, but the things that I've written and spoken of since then largely came from that Bible reading marathon back in 1996 and uh, carried on into 97. So, I think that, you know, Jehovah has used me from uh, that perspective for the purpose of humiliating those who call themselves apostles and those who have set themselves up as the knower of all things. Didn't Jesus say that those 
who are first, or at least some of those who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Well, the Watchtower applies that to the Pharisees. But I don't think that's the true application, because when Jesus gave that um, comment, he actually spoke of it twice. And he he uh, couched uh, an illustration in between. He started the illustration by saying the first will be last and the last first, and he ended it the same way. But the illustration had to do with a man who owned a vineyard. And he hired men to go out, and they worked all day, and then he hired other men to go out third hour, sixth hour. And then he hired men at the very end of the workday, the 11th hour. And then it came that time to pay the workers, and he paid the 11th hour workers the same wage as those who had worked all day. But those who had worked all day were resentful. But the point is, they got their pay. It wasn't as if uh, the master punished them in some way. It was just that he wanted to do something kind toward the 11th hour workers. And that was his prerogative as the master. So the Watchtower's interpretation that it was the Pharisees who worked all day, but the apostles got the 11th hour wage, that doesn't make any sense because the Pharisees had no share in the kingdom. In fact, Jesus said they do not go into the kingdom and they prevent those on their way in from going in. But the illustration shows that all the workers were paid their wage. Interestingly, in Isaiah, the fourth chapter, speaking of Jehovah's coming, he says, the wage I pay is with me. Well, Jesus said the very same thing in the 22nd chapter of Revelation. The wage I pay is with me. In other words, when he comes, that's when he will reward his slaves. And all those workers in the vineyard were given their wage. But the 11th hour workers were given special recognition. Hmm? And it humiliated those who had worked all day because it showed that they had uh, resentment toward the master, really, for the way that he did things. So, interesting. Uh, we'll see what, what comes of this, anyway. Well, you know, this week has been quite interesting, and I've mentioned it before. President Donald Trump has unilaterally pulled a small contingent of U.S. troops out of Syria. At least he has announced that that is his intention, and also he's drawing down troops in Afghanistan, where they've been since the Dark Ages, <laughs> seemingly. The longest military uh, combat presence ever for the United States, which is just incredible. Interestingly, during that time, Afghanistan has become uh, the poppy, opium-producing capital of the world. Most people don't realize that, but the Taliban, actually, back 20 years ago, had actually outlawed the production of poppies 
Then comes 9-11, and then the next month, the U.S. invades Afghanistan, even though the Saudis were responsible for uh, the terrorist attack. And during that occupation, particularly in the British-held <laughs> province of Helmand, uh, poppy production soared, uh, because that's an integral part of the British Empire's control over the world. It's a, it's a win-win for the empire, you might say. They get to destroy a younger generation, and they earn about a trillion dollars a year, which is laundered through their banks. Deutsche Bank is being called a vast criminal operation uh, posing as a bank because they've recently been outed again for, what do you think, money laundering? But that, that's that's how the system works, doesn't it? Well, anyway... It's it's amazing how all facets of the uh, political spectrum, the left and the right, uh, are going berserk because the president wants to withdraw American troops from a senseless and destructive war. He campaigned on that. He said he wanted to end the war. He said he wanted to establish friendly relations with Russia. And that was considered just an abomination because— forces impelling uh, this Anglo-American uh, military juggernaut, they have to have war. They want war. Well, it's interesting because this week the stock market is uh, officially entering into a bear market and is posed, poised, excuse me, poised for a complete meltdown. Is that coincidental with President Trump announcing that he is uh, withdrawing from this endless war that has been part of London's imperial scheme? I don't think so. Because who really controls the monetary financial system? It's the city of London. And if you pay attention to things, the city of London has been trying to take down the President of the United States. Uh, MI6 agents doctored up this do so-called dossier, which was used as a pretext to spy upon the president during his campaign, uh, before he became president, and uh, various schemes to entrap people that were associated with his administration. Where is it leading? Well, I think you know. Well, I'd like to consider a 
mailbag question from earlier in the year. The question is based on Luke 11.18, where Jesus said, If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? The questioner asks, If all of the world's kingdoms are Satan's, and if the Anglo-American world power is to be the last before the kingdom stone, not cut by hands, strikes the feet of the image of Daniel, and if Great Britain and America became a joint world power during World War I, how can it also be that since World War I, with the setup of the Federal Reserve in 1913 and other plots, there is or has been a force that has sought to re-enslave or ruin America with crushing debt, drugs, uh, and destruction of family, morality, etc., etc. Is this not evidence that Satan is divided? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, I would just add uh, one correction that's not in the article. The Anglo-American alliance really didn't uh, come into being until after World War II. That's when the so-called special relationship was formed. Anyway, here is my comment. As it turns out, Satan is not as strong as we might imagine. Jehovah is infinitely more powerful. God's power is manifest in a multitude of ways. There is the power of nature, big stuff like hurricanes and volcanoes and supernovas. But also God's power is reflected through man, who was, of course, originally created in God's image. And although sin has blunted and dulled the full expression of God in man, there is still a divine spark, which is expressed through human kindness and a sense of fairness and justice. Even though Satan may attempt to rule by sheer tyranny, the longing for justice is formidable. Hence, as imperfect as human schemes are, some men earnestly seek to make a better world. The fact is, no society can exist for long that is ruled over by unrestrained wickedness. Either the tyrants will eventually be overthrown, or people will find a way to escape their clutches. But that is what is expressed in the iron and clay symbolism, which is embodied in the Anglo-American system. The iron represents the iron-fisted rule of the empire, and as the scripture says, the iron mixed with the clay depicts the people being mingled with the oligarchy. So, Satan's empire is divided against itself naturally due to the two antagonistic forms of government that have been fused together in the Anglo-American dyad, namely monarchical imperialism and republicanism. The ruling monarchies view mankind as beasts over which they are the masters. The founders of America believed that man was made in the image of God and possessed certain inalienable rights. The American system was originally intended to help mankind break free from the tyranny of the British and other colonial powers. Again, Satan is not divided against himself. He just isn't allowed to bludgeon mankind into total submission through his beastly apparatus. Not yet, anyway. Although, as Jesus revealed, the devil is the ruler of the world, Jehovah God has not given the demons carte blanche 
to rule the world uncontested. God's will shall be done. For example, Jesus said the good news would be preached in all the world and then the end will come. Satan cannot stop it, not as long as Christ supports it. The prophecy of Daniel sheds light on what goes on behind the scene in the spirit realm. An angel who had been sent to minister to Daniel said he was opposed for 21 days by the prince of the royal realm of Persia until Michael, the great prince, came to his aid. Obviously, no mere human prince could successfully oppose a mighty angel of Jehovah. The opposing prince had to have been a superhuman demon the unseen power behind whatever men happen to be ruling. Furthermore, the angel informed Daniel that he had previously stood up as a strengthener and fortress for Darius. That was so that God's will could be done. Although the demons pulled the strings of power over the vast Persian realm, Jehovah's angel overrode that and used the Persian kings to benefit Daniel's people, even letting them return to their homeland and rebuild Jerusalem. We should not suppose that the angelic intervention in Satan's system was a one-off thing. Excepting for periodic spasms of war, given the great freedom and ease of movement that Jehovah's Witnesses have enjoyed over the course of their existence— throughout the realm of Christendom at least, it seems reasonable that the soft clay aspect of the composite iron and clay feet of the image has had Jehovah's blessing. The war in heaven is expressed politically in the iron and clay fusion. Again, only until his will is accomplished. Once the preaching and teaching phase is completed, then the civil institutions and legal foundations that serve to support Christ's work are no longer needed. And then the final phase commences. That will involve the image of a boot stamping on a human face, as George Orwell described the future from a mere human perspective. Already, the lights of freedom are beginning to ominously Flicker. Well, that ended rather abruptly. I'm going to leave you with another song. 
I want to thank you for listening to this daily word. Thank you for putting up with my rather raspy, wheezy voice. I hope to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>